Today on Crew Call, we're talking with horror filmmaker Michael Schaubs. He's the director on The Nun 2, the sequel to the highest-grossing Conjuring Universe movie ever. The pick opens September 8th. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro, and this is Deadline's Crew Call. Michael, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Let's go back to the beginning. You do this short, The Maiden, and your life changes. Tell me about how long it was in the works and how that got into the hands of James Wan. You know, it's uh, it's funny because I think with with any, you know, overnight success, you don't see all the the failures. You don't see all of the, the work that kind of went up to that moment. I got really lucky with The Maiden. Um, but, you know, it was, you know, before that I was really just, doing my best to get noticed. You know, I, I, I went to, to school at, um, art center college of design. And, um, you know, actually I went there because, uh, of the other guys who had gone there, which was like Michael Bay and Zack Snyder. And, you know, going at the time I was going there, I just thought, Oh my God, this is like, you know, this is like the school of schools. They're like, you know, making the, the biggest, coolest, my most favorite directors. Um, and then, you know, what I found is that, um, you know, I, I was, I, I went there, it has a really strong advertising program, really strong commercial program. Um, and I, I was like, you know, I'm going to do exactly what they did. I'm going to just like make a bunch of, uh, spec commercials. I'm going to get hired as a commercial director. And then after that, someone's going to notice me and, uh, hire me on a big movie. And I did that. And I, I had initial success in directing commercials and I, you know, that was really, um, um, I thought, you know, this is it. I'm, I'm on my way. And, you know, as, you know, a few years went by, you know, it just, it, it was really hard. I wasn't the only one who had the idea of, of becoming like uh, Zack Snyder and Michael Bay and just uh, becoming a commercial director. Like everybody just kind of flooded into the field. So, you know, I started thinking about how I could differentiate myself. And, um, you know, I, I knew that, I knew I wanted to make a feature. I loved horror movies. I, you know, grew up on horror movies, I actually grew up on like new line horror movies. And, um, you know, everything from like Nightmare on Elm Street and I love seven. And, you know, those were really, you know, big, you know, formative movies for me. And so, um, I think it was after I saw, after I saw the conjuring, um, it kind of, um, you know, in a way it just like reawakened what I love about horror movies. When I saw it, I was like, it was almost seeing a horror movie for the first time. And, um, I had wanted to do a haunted house movie or a haunted house short film and, um, what, uh, actually after I saw the conjuring, I was like, so dispirited. I was like, no one will make a better haunted house movie. This is like the ultimate scary mo movie, the ultimate haunted house movie. Um, but then I start, I kept on thinking about it and, um, kept on directing commercials. Um, and, and then I just, I got this idea of, um, of a real estate agent that tries to sell a haunted house. I thought that would be a really fun, um, a fun way in a fun, uh, uh, a fun story to tell. And, and then I also wanted it to just be jam packed with scares. I think that that was one thing I, you know, I became at that point, a real student of short films and, you know, there's some short films that I, you know, that are amazing and they're so captivating. You're just like this, obviously you see so much like filmmaking genius in them. And then there's others that like, you spend like 20 minutes watching the short film and you're like, Oh my God, that went nowhere. I, and I wanted to be really, um, respectful of people's time, you know, cause I think that there's something that's, that can be really indulgent about short films. So 
I wanted to make something that was just jam-packed with scares, really exciting from the moment you play it. You're just like sucked into it. And, um, and so I started developing that, the idea for that. And, um, you know, I shot that just over, over a weekend. I did it with, um, with some crew that I had been working with on commercials. Um, and the DP was a really good friend of mine, uh, Tristan Nyby, who, um, he, he shot that and, uh, he went on to DP the, the dark and the wicked. And, um, and then I was able to bring him back for, uh, for the nun too. But, um, the, uh, you know, it was really a labor of love and we like just put our money into it or, in a port our, you know, um, our hard earned cash. And, uh, and I was really happy with the result. And, um, and so, you know, I was, you know, sat on it for like a couple months. I was not sure about like how to release it. And, um, I, I decided I reached out to, um, to bloody disgusting and, uh, Brad Minska and, and he, uh, he was very kind and very supportive of it. And, and he said that he was going to feature it. And, um, I basically released it on a Monday and what was crazy is on Tuesday, um, my son was born. Um, my wife had been pregnant. My son was born. And so I kind of forgot that I even posted the video and, um, you know, I was swept away with, uh, you know, just everything, you know, surrounding the birth of my son. And, um, like on like Wednesday, I started getting some calls and that Friday. So from like Monday to Friday, Friday, I was meeting with my agent who's still my, uh, my agent um, Scott Henderson. And, um, I basically, I signed with him in the room. Um, and he is, he was also James Wan's agent. He was David Sandberg's agent. So I thought, oh my God, this is the guy. He's like the, the king of horror, he's, and which he, he still is. He's, he's a boss. Um, and you know, he signed me, um, he signed me in the room and like literally after shaking his hand, he said, okay, I'm going to have you go in on Monday to new line. You're going to meet with new line. They have this movie they're developing for La Llorona. And um, I'm going to give you the script. You're going to meet with them on Monday. And so literally from like a week of from posting it um, to like, I was I was sitting meeting with Dave Neustetter and Walt Hamada um, on uh, the Curse of La Llorona, which was just crazy like whirlwind. And, and you know, then I, I met with, um, you know, James Wan saw the, the short. Uh, I met with, uh, you know, his team and um, it was totally whirlwind. But I think that, it's to just tell that last part of the story, you kind of miss like the fact that like, you know, cause I know there's so many people out there that it almost feels like, you know, how does this just happen out of nowhere? But it's like, it's really years of like little, like, you know, attempts and failures. And you're just like, you know, there were so many shorts that I never even posted because they were, you know, I, I never felt like they were going to really show my skills or really, you know, get me where I needed to go. How did your current agent get wind of the short? Was it through Bloody Disgusting? You know, it was funny. It was actually through a couple different, um, it was through Bloody Disgusting, but then it was like, it's funny because everything seemed to happen at the same time. Um, a friend of mine knew someone in Paradigm who um, got my name there, but then they they were also, they were on the hunt for, um, honestly, I think after the success of, you know, David Sandberg and just like, you know, his incredible, um, um, his incredible like career and rise, like, um, off of lights out. I think that, I think the entire industry was on the hunt for, for shorts. And I really just, you know, I got so lucky in so many ways. I mean, I think that that was really, it was so much of it is, was a timing thing. 
Um, and, you know, since then, you've seen, you know, a lot of other amazing directors come out of, you know, shorts and get recognized through that. I mean, to me, after seeing it, I thought it was Sundance worthy. Did you try to take it there? Yeah. Um, if so, we need to really uh, have a sit down with Sundance and they need to change themselves. I mean, because really, your style is so much in Oh, there. thanks so much. And it's razor sharp, precise, and oh my God, you know, very short, but just extremely effective. Oh, thanks so much. I mean, that's so kind of, you know, I never submitted it to any of the the big festivals. I think I submitted it to um, a bunch of genre festivals. There was one online um, site that I won't mention, but I... I was just convinced, you know, they featured shorts and I was convinced if I could get it on there, I would, I would break through. And so, you, and it was one of these places that you have to, you have to pay to submit. And so, um, I, I submitted it, I paid and then they rejected it. And so then I like wrote them a letter and I submitted it again, paying again and they rejected it and I submitted it a third time. And I was like, guys, please, please, you guys are like, you highlight these shorts. This could be like game, like game changing. Um, so I sent it three times and they basically sent me a, a, an email saying, please stop submitting the short. It will never get recognized in our, um, on our site. And I was like, I was so kind of like heartbroken about that, but it's kind of was, you know, you know, and this was leading up to when I like posted it, um, with bloody disgusting, but you know, it's, I think it just goes to show. I, and I was also at a point where I was just kind of really frustrated with commercials. And I was like, Oh my God, if I, I just have to just keep on trying whatever. Cause I, I did believe in it. It was one of those things. I think sometimes you make things and, and um, you, you get behind it, but you know, you don't a hundred percent believe in it. This, I mean, I really, I thought it was a cool short. I really believed it. And I knew if I got it out to the right people that someone would recognize it. So. I like how you took Tristan with you. And you got New Line to shoot not only Nun 2, he was also involved with, with Conjuring 3. Yeah, he, you know, he wasn't, um, I had a very talented uh, DP on um, The Curse of La Llorona and, um, and Conjuring 3, which is Michael Burgess. And um, he's, he's a great guy and very, very talented DP. Um, Tristan came on, honestly, just for some additional photography. We needed um, kind of a splinter unit to, to pick up some pieces and, and it's it's funny with those with those roles there, those kind of I mean it wasn't quite a second unit it was like a more they call it a splinter unit. Um, it's such a essential role and it really gets overlooked. Um, you know if if you just I think put someone random in there um, who doesn't really care you you end up missing pieces because those are the ones that you know that's the the team that like stays behind and gets like inserts or kind of gets these little tactile details that are so essential to the movie. And then they, they elevate the whole visual, you know, thing. And, and if you don't have someone you really trust, it's really essential. So I, I brought him in and, um, and he just did a great job. I mean, there's so many little pieces, um, you know, that he, you know, he grabbed that really just filled out the movie and, and were really essential, you know, with movies, you're always stretched so thin and you're just always, um, you know, in a way behind the eight ball, you're just trying to get as much as, as you can. And so it's great when you can trust someone to, to get those pieces. Drawing the direct line from the Maiden to Nun 2, man, I see your style. It's there. Your sense of rhythm, the angles of the shots, the shadows, the colors. Talking with New Line and Juan, they basically let you keep your style. 
can you talk about that? Oh yeah. I mean that we talk about respect. Oh yeah, no, I mean they're James and New Line are great partners and just great they're great partners. I think that, you know, it it kind of comes down to just um you know, so much of it is is who you work with. I really do think about I think that and you know, even though you know, with the commercials, like I never broke out as like a superstar commercial director. It was such great training, just working with different agencies, different clients. And you really realize that um, you, you can be working with the coolest agency or, or the, the most coolest client. It doesn't really matter if the people aren't decent people, if they aren't good people. And because the you know, it, it can seem like, you know, you're on the, like the coolest account, but it can be a miserable experience and you can feel not, you know, either not valued or you don't feel like you can flex your creative muscle. And, you know, that was a big, my biggest lesson from doing commercials. And, and I found that, you know, I feel like I'm really lucky working with New Line, working with James, because they're, they're really decent guys. They're really supportive. Um, they're great people to work with. And I think that at the end of the day, it's, at the end of the day, it is a, it's a job. And I think, you know, finding, you know, good collaborators is so essential. And I mean, they, they, they've been great. I mean, you know, James obviously has his, his own style, which is like, I'm such a fan of, and I, you know, I, you know, love everything that he does. Um, he's also just really, you know, great and hands off and just like letting me do the things I want to do. And even in sequences that, um, uh, you know, like the, the newsstand sequences, this kind of really, you know, bizarre, um, scare sequence that I, I came up with for the nun too. And it, you know, on paper, it really sounds incredibly bizarre. The idea that this newsstand comes to life and the pages flutter and it's this kind of, yeah, keep going. Yeah. I was going to bring this up. Yeah. And yeah keep it's going. funny. Cause like it was, there were some people who would read it and they would just kind of like, give me a perplexed look. Um, even my wife was like, how are you going to pull this off? And I'm like, I have no idea. I, I have a kind of a glimmer of an idea, <laughs> but I'm just going into it. And, um, what was great about New Line and James is like they were really they were really supportive. They like even if you could tell like because you know with with some of these you're just kind of going off of instinct. You're just kind of like I think of because my my rough idea with it was I wanted to do something that was a little bit like a, a flip book and a little bit like a collage and kind of play with those two elements and then basically build the nun um, visually through all these this different imagery. Um, and it actually came, it was funny cause it was, it came from like, I was like looking at a bunch of like street photography from like the fifties and I like kept on seeing these like newsstands and I was like, you know, you don't see newsstands anymore. It's like, you know, so, they're so visually unique and it's like such like a, you know, sadly like a relic of like, you know, another era. And so I was like, I want to do something with that. I feel like having a street scare would be really cool. And then having, you know, something with a newsstand would be really cool. And so I was just thinking about a way that the the nun could manifest itself, and yeah, I just uh, you know they just let me go with it, and you know it it definitely took some development, and you know we were, I mean I was tweaking that thing up until the uh, the final days of, of the edit, I I had to pull myself away from it, but um, I'm really proud of it. It's something that like every, whenever we test it, it's the first thing that everyone says is as something that stands out because it's just so. It's so strange. It's so unique. It doesn't really, you know, remind them of another movie. Well, that that's the thing about, and I, again, I can't spoil that much about the sequel here, but there's been a lot of Catholic horror films and none too really differentiates itself. I mean, I want to say she doesn't die. You know, there's no holy water or crosses like keeping her down. But can you talk about that? 
how it stands apart and like what not sister irene but but the nun's d demonic superpowers is what is it she can possess a soul we saw that with frenchie and that's the jumping off point for the, for this film but can she ever stay down you could stuff her in a bottle, like you could put her back into the bottle, but she just gets out later yeah, she's on. She's like an evil she's genie. Just... She's the evil genie of the Conjuring universe. No, um, uh, you know the she, you know her story is kind of interwoven with um, the Conjuring with the Warrens. You know she was first appeared in um, Conjuring Two, so that is takes place later than this. So we know that that um, there there will be a return of the nun in some dif in some form. Uh, even after this this movie, whether whether it's chronologically or in a sequel, um, the you know in terms of her powers, you know we you know really she exploits fear. I think that with all the characters, they they have something that is um, you know so, something they're grappling with. There's something that they have some kind of weakness, and I think that I think that's such a timeless idea. You know, it's like we we all deal with fear in some to some degree. You know, it's uh, I I've you know. I have two little kids, you know, my boy is, uh, is dealing with, um, he's scared of zombies. You know, he's really, uh, you know, he's seven now. It's been, uh, seven years since the, uh, the maiden was released. He was kind of like, you know, my, uh, you know, my, my little marker, um, from that, uh, from that journey, the journey that's like started with the maiden. And it's funny cause like right now it's like, you know, see, just seeing him deal with his own fears, it's really, um, it's really fascinating you know you kind of get you know just kind of drawn in and um i've tried to show him little bits of the movie but then i realized that's a terrible mistake <laughs> i was gonna say i hope he doesn't know what dad's day job yeah no he totally knows oh. and he's uh he's he's terrified i i have a daughter who's nine and she is um she actually she thinks she won't admit it but i think she thinks it's cool and she's kind of really kind of getting She's really curious about scary movies and, you know, you can see she's getting pulled in. But um, I mean, back to the the power of the nun, I think that it really it comes from exploiting fear. And I think that that's such it's it's so universal and um, and just the different shapes that it can um, it can take. And with each of the characters, it, you know, she manifests herself in different ways. And, you know, I don't want to get in the details of each each one because, I mean, they're each one is kind of a little special. But yeah, we just wanted, I mean, that was, yeah, that, that, I guess that's the answer. Have you actually dived into the Warren files? These files that New Line has bought. And correct me on this. So the nun itself is, while she's in Conjuring 2, I don't think she's in the original Warren file, is my understanding. Yeah, you know, there, um, you know, there might be, it's a very good point, and, um, I'm not too sure exactly on on that. Um, the I, I think there might have been a little bit of a creative leap. I know that, um, but in a, maybe an encounter with Valak. Yeah, but yeah, you know, they. I mean, the Warrens encountered a lot of different entities over the course of their career, and I think that that was something that, um, you know, maybe Valak was. You know, Valak is the you know famously the the deceiver, um, and so you know maybe uh, it was taken another form, another uh, another name. Well, I'm just waiting for my dream. I think everyone's dream is to find out that Sister Irene, played by Tessa Farmiga, is the mother of, you know, Lorraine Warren, played by Tessa's sister, Vera. You know, we, th that's what we're all waiting for. You know, some illegitimate birth that went on and, you know. <laughs>
Yeah, I, I think that, you know, we, I love that connection. And um, I, I thought it was such an inspired uh, uh, bit of casting, having the, uh, the Omega sisters. Yeah. Um, and having worked with both of them, they're both amazing people. The, the Farmigas are just, just good, good people. And, um, you know, and, and just great creative partners. Like they're, they're both like, so, so great in their own unique ways. The, I, I can definitely say that fans of the franchise and fans of that connection, there, there might be something for them in this movie. I couldn't say specifically, but you know, that, that is something that, that always was really exciting to me. And, you know, maybe it gets explored in the nun too. I, I can't, not going to make any promises, but if you go and see, you can check it out. But have you, have, have you gotten to read any of the, the Warren files? I'm just curious if there was a particular case that might interest you for a new conjuring spinoff. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of cool cases and I, I have read some of the, uh, some of the files and so, and they've also done interviews with the, um, the survivors, uh, you know, you know, the people involved in these cases. They, there's definitely cases that interest me. I, I know that um, New Line is always developing, um, you know, different ways to expand the universe. And so uh, I wouldn't want to, um, I wouldn't want to speak for them because, you know, it's, uh, I think that they have some cool things that they're planning. I'll, I'll leave it at that. So once the strikes are over, do you have a go project? Is the reckoning going to happen? Are you going to cast that up? Oh, yeah. You know, um, I, I the reckoning. I don't know if the reckoning is going to uh, going to happen. I think that that is. Um, I really like that script that was uh, um, developed that with my friends at Platinum Dunes. Um, I honestly, I, I want to just be really smart about the next move. I really want to. I mean, I, I I love genre. I love horror movies. Um, I definitely want to stay in that um, in that space or somewhere adjacent. Um, but, but yeah, no, I, I want to keep my options open. I, um, I'm definitely looking at a, a couple different projects, but um, yeah, excited to, about the possibilities. Are there plans to re-team with Billie Eilish to direct more videos? I would love to. I think, you know, she's directing her own videos now. I think that, um, I mean, first of all, working with her was one of the, the, the best experiences. She is so incredibly talented as, I mean, I think the world knows. Um, and uh and I think she was like, you know, it just wanted to take more control over and more authorship over the stuff that she makes. And so I totally get that. But I would reteam with her in a in a heartbeat. She's just the coolest and um, and just, you know, just a good person. Also collaborative. It's like sometimes people come in with like you when you work with someone, they, you know, it's like my way or the highway. Like she was really open to kind of like adjustments or different ideas or different ways to take things. And I mean, that's honestly the type of people that you want to be working with because it's it's those collaborations where you get really you, you get something good. Michael Schaubs, thank you. Anthony, thank you so much. I had a blast. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call Podcast on Deadline. Make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode.